So this is episode six of Oldest Swole, the podcast on the budget. I'm excited to welcome our guest, another Oldest Swole fan, a good friend of mine, and a great chef. Chad, what's good? Hello, Tareen. Thank you for having me. Yeah, no problem. Um, been showing a lot of support on the pod. I uh, appreciate that. Nice. Yeah, I, I love it. I actually do enjoy it. Like, especially because I'm always home, you know, so it's just nice to, I guess, hear familiar voices as well. Of course, yeah. Thanks. Pandemic podcast going crazy right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, I want to start off with a little intro as to how we met. So uh, I thought we met in year nine. We actually met in year 10. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, actually, 10. yeah, I yeah, told yeah. you last night, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you did, yeah. I was like, I could have sworn you came the year before, but that was just, I don't know. I think it's because oh. I've been at the school for so long. I've seen so many people come through that it's kind of a blur. Like, Yeah, it's confusing. You, like, forget. I get it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, we were just, we just met in, in uh, year 10. AKA ninth grade. That's the first year of high school, and then uh, we just friends. We were we were in the same class for business, I believe. Yes, we were GCSE business. Yeah, yeah. Wow, yeah. Good times. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> great stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I wanted to start off with uh, your upbringing. So you were born in Bristol. No, actually, I was born in Sudan. Um, okay. I hope everyone knows where that is, Africa. And um, and then I moved to England when I was like nine months old. Um, yeah, and I've just been, we've kind of just been moving around in England. Um, but like where I would call home is Bristol. So, yeah. A word. Speaking of Sudan, this is kind of off topic, but I think before episode two drops, before episodes two or three drops, we had, I was checking my analytics and we have listeners across six different continents. I think it's crazy. And the only listener in Africa was from Sudan. So no way! Like, yeah, someone cool. from Sudan is showing some love. I wonder uh, who. <laughs> yeah, That's maybe cool. you got a connection there. Maybe, uh, I yeah. have no idea, but yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's pretty dope. Uh, yeah, so, Bristol, you know, I found out that Bristol actually has its own currency. Like, do you know anything about that? Really? Like, yeah, yeah. I had no idea. Did, like, yeah, the, like, people use it. I mean, I don't know how widely it's used, but obviously there's a British pound. But there's a in, in September 2012, someone created the Bristol pound. I've actually never heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cool, but I've never heard of that. Does it have like the mayor's face on it or something? I don't know how the bills look like, but I just think it's kind of crazy. I mean, I, if you don't know about it, it probably didn't really catch on. But still, yeah. it's just I just wonder why someone would create a currency uh, for the city. Yeah, exactly. It's, kinda... I'm, I'm, it's not even like a really big city, it's, you know. Yeah. Know. Bold move, though. Bold move. And then you guys also have J.K. Rowling out there. Were you like a big Harry Potter fan growing I up? I was actually. Oh my gosh, I I used to. Um, it was probably the only movie I used to watch on repeat. My mom always tells me stories. She's like, you always used to just love Harry Potter and just put it on constantly. And I've actually read all the books and I loved it. And I've always wanted to, you know, in London how there's like Harry Potter world. 
Cool. I've always wanted to go there, but I mean, I've never had a chance, but you know, maybe soon. Yeah, hopefully. Did she do anything like pop up, do any kind of like advertisement in Bristol? Because she's from there, like any like special pop up shops or uh, special meeting greets? Not that I know of. I mean, I was pretty young, so I don't, I don't think, like, I would have heard about something like that. You know, not too mm-hmm. sure. She might have, but I don't really know. Mm-hmm. And you moved from Bristol to the UAE, right? Or yeah. Was there... okay. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, and that was that your was first there. time living there, right? In the UAE. Yeah. 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 It was a big kind of like transition you know uh, it was a bit difficult at first but like yeah it, i got used to it yeah yeah what was your i want to go into that a bit more like what was your how long were you in bristol for probably like 14 years or something like that probably or not bristol specifically i think bristol specifically like i want to say five six years i did say we uh-huh. were moving around a lot but i think because i was just a you know quite older um these la- the last years, you know, before like year ten, so year nine and stuff. Um, you're a bit more mature, so that's that's how I remember it. So that's why I kind of relate it to home. Um, but yeah. Okay, how was it like? What was your fresh off the boat experience when you, you know, when you landed in Abu Dhabi? Like, what was your experience just living in a completely different culture? Because I mean, everyone mm-hmm. has their own unique challenges or stories they face when they first moved out there. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't know, Bristol is um, quite, you know, small, friendly. It's like, I, I knew a lot of people there and it's, you know, even when you move from, let's say, like primary school to high school, you, I guess everyone goes to different high schools, but there's still some people you bump into and you're like, oh my gosh, we used to go to the same school, you know? So it's like, just a small area and everyone's sort of the same. Like, we all kind of uh, what I found different was like we all kind of act the same think the same and then when I came here um my school was pretty small to be honest I know some people still think Brighton where we went is small but for me that was huge I was like oh my gosh this huge school with like three floors and like so many different people from all around the world so it was it was really weird um trying to get used to everything and even even people that were from England here would act a bit different to how people in in the UK would act. I guess that's because they're brought up here or, you know, you're influenced by the environment and society and everything. So I would always be like, like, why are you act like, why are you doing that? You know, um, which I found a bit strange at first. Um, and also how um, people had like a close relationship with their teachers. Like, you know, you like you guys were just easily like casually just talk to your teachers and know I guess things about their lives and stuff like I I never I was always like that's that's cut like to me that's like inappropriate and I was like oh my gosh like why are you talking to your teacher like that but I guess it was more kind of I don't know a bit friend like everyone's fine with it so those were a couple of things that I found a bit like whoa um yeah like I got used to it and I also kind of started doing those kind of things mm-hmm yeah had to adapt yeah yeah exactly and like mm-hmm. even life here it's completely different you know so, okay, yeah yeah it's a pretty unique place pretty different from probably 99% of countries in the world and there's something you said about 
the huge school bit and moving to that. Mm. Personally, so I didn't feel like when I moved, I didn't feel like the number of students was huge. I thought the building was huge. Because yeah. I came from, you know, public school in Texas and it was just what pre-k to to uh, fifth grade so fs2 to year six and i like you know you kind of knew everyone like you said like it was kind of like a small kind of environment i mean the school wasn't small but there just weren't many year groups in one school i'd never been to like a k through 12 type school so see all those people and i'm like oh this is pretty crazy yeah yeah i get you Yeah. yeah And also for me, it's just getting familiar with, with like British slang. That was kind of my <laughs> fresh off the butt experience. Yeah. I feel like I'm pretty. I'm a pretty well versed British person now, but back okay. then. <laughs> I mean, your your accent still needs a bit of work on, but. No, nah, I, I disagree. My accent is tough. No. British people, <laughs> British people tell me my British accent is nice, so I'm gonna. I gotta. I'm gonna have to take their word for it. So. Okay, you can take the one. I'll let you have this one. Yeah. <laughs> like, I remember I was sitting in math class in probably year five or something like that. That was the year that I joined, so fourth grade. I was nine years old. I remember, I, I can't remember who it was, but I remember someone asked the teacher if he can go to the loo. I'm like, the loo? <laughs> You're like, what's the, the loo? I'm like, what's that? I'm like, what is a loo? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just sitting there thinking, because I want to look like, I'm, you know, that guy who doesn't know what's going on. I'm just sitting there thinking, where is this guy going to? Like, is he just leaving school, like, in the middle of class? Like, where is Lou? So, yeah, it's just getting familiar with British terminology uh, was uh, a bit of a, not a, it was a bit of a change. It was definitely a big change. Yeah, yeah. being a minority amongst minorities, kind of, was another interesting experience. But, you know, pretty unique, not going to lie. Uh, yeah, I feel like we'd feel like that. Like if I, I mean, I've never been to America or like been in that sort of environment, but I feel like if I did um, go over there, I'd also, you know, it will obviously take time and things are a bit different. So yeah, makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so is there anything, like what was your first impression of the people at Brighton and like when you when you first came in the people yeah, yeah so I did mention that they they were acting a bit different I guess um maybe in the UK how do I say this in a, like a nice way everyone's sort of because we're all kind of the same a bit more humble that's what I say and here obviously it's a very um luxurious and prestige kind of lifestyle so I guess you know people I don't know. They do act a bit different. You know what? Do, do you know what I'm trying to say? <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know how to say it. I think I get what you mean. Yeah, like everyone, like, okay, for example, something that shocked me, how everyone has, like, all these, like, like fancy-ass cars and, like, um, drivers. They'd be like, oh, my driver's come to pick me up. And I'm like, what? You have a driver? Like, what are you talking about? Do you not just walk to school or take the bus or something? You know, it was like, no, my driver's coming. And they'd roll up in these like cars and i'm like oh well, okay good for you you know what i mean that was yeah. that was that was like like whoa um but yeah abu dhabi lifestyle yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah it's definitely 
Yeah, I mean, it's a pretty affluent area, you know, on average. So it kind of makes sense that uh, that was the lifestyle that a lot of people lived. And, yeah, it was definitely, I think I was too young because you were much older than me when you came. You were probably around 13 or something like that, or 13, 14. Uh, yeah yeah 15 maybe yeah okay so but for me i was nine so i wasn't really aware of all that that was going on yeah uh, yeah yeah so yeah yeah it was, and it was also like i was yeah you said i was in year nine so i kind of there was also this part where i'm like i don't want to leave england i don't want to leave my friends you know and then i had oh. to come here even though i am used to change like i've been to so many schools in my life but still this was like the biggest change, you know? Um, mm -hmm. So, yeah. How many schools are we talking? Oh, wow. I actually, I always try and sit and count them. I think, I want to say around, if you're, if we're counting like nursery and like, you know, the beginning, I'd say around 11 or 12. Whoa. I know. <laughs> Quite a lot. There was once where I literally went to a school for, what was it, six months? And then I moved to the one down the road just because it was easier. I guess to, then I walk to school. I have no idea, um, but yeah, I've been to been to a couple. A couple, yeah. Eleven is definitely <laughs> a lot more than a couple. Uh, yeah, that's a lot of movement. Like, do you feel like it was harder for you to develop lasting relationships at each place you went because of because of the number of times you had to move throughout your life? Um lasting relationships no like to be honest i'm still in contact with some people let's say that i was within what year i can think of someone in year five for example that i'm still in contact with you know which is like if you think about it that's like whoa so long ago um so relationship wise and like making friends and stuff i've i've always been been fine with that that hasn't really affected me so much um, it, I think it does get harder as you're older. So as I said, from like moving from year nine to ten, that was like the biggest one for me. Um, maybe because I was a bit more attached to my friends. Like as a kid, you don't really, you know, you don't really think about your friendships. It's kind of just like, oh, I'm friends with him, I'm friends with her. So yeah. Yeah, that's true, and that's kind of something I I realized through this podcast. Like when you meet people. As a little kid, you're not really thinking about anything. Like, yeah. you just kind of, like, your friendship just kind of, I don't know how to phrase this, but your friendship just kind of starts from that point on. Like, yeah. you don't really ask them about, you, you don't really know much about how they grew up in their life story before yeah, yeah. the point you met them. Yep. And that's why, even I've even though I brought on people who I've known for, like, a long time on this podcast, when I was preparing for their episodes, I was thinking, like, wow, I don't know. I didn't know this about them, you know, and I want to go ask them about that because when I was a little mm -hmm. kid and I met them, that was never something something that crossed my mind. So, yeah, that's a pretty yeah. uh, insightful point you brought up. Uh, I want to transition to, like, I don't want to make this the, you know, academics podcast, but I try mm -hmm. to stay versatile, try to keep things moving. Last episode was kind of the sports podcast, and I think you... It was. Is, yeah, I think you you noted you, you were aware of that, but well, I still enjoyed it. Like uh, they're all yeah. you know all very different and unique, which is good. Yeah, that's what I try to. That's what I try to do, uh, and for me, it's just about genuinely asking questions I'm interested in from the person that mm -hmm. I have on. Mm -hmm. And I like sports. He likes sports as well. We had never had anyone on the pod who could talk about sports, so 
I know some references were just flying over people's heads, <laughs> but you know it, it is what it is. But I want to transition to uh, you're studying medicine right right now. I am. Yes. That's tough. Like just to even get an offer for medicine is. <laughs> It's tough to yeah. do, so it's a testament yeah. to oh, Especially the year we had, you know, with COVID and everything. Mm. It does make things a bit harder. Yeah. I just wanted to ask, what was the first experience you had that made you think, hey, this is something I want to do long term? Ooh, big question. Um, I don't really think there was a first experience. They, I have like a... I guess I know what kind of made me want to go in the field, like I can explain that. Um, well, both my parents are doctors, so I have always been exposed to that kind of environment, I guess. Like, you know, they're always working late, they're, um, I don't know, sometimes they'd actually take me with them, like all these different hospitals they've worked in, I've been, you know, sat there doing whatever. Um, so I was, you know, I brought up kind of in the hospital environment which doesn't really sound very nice to say but like I, I, I feel like I have a good understanding of how you know the medical field works which I think also influenced my decision and just um yeah I've just always had this like I don't know like I would if someone were to describe me people always say I'm kind let's say yeah so I do I do have this tendency to always just I guess check up on people or make sure they're okay and see how they're doing like all of that the mental health part all of that really interests me even in school like I we were in the well-being team yeah for like two three years and I was really like passionate about that I was like oh my gosh no like people people need to know more about mental health people need to you know make sure that they know there are people there for them and you can talk about it and like it's actually a serious topic um and you know, just being like compassionate on on all of that. Like I've I've seen that, you know, and how doctors deal with patients. And I've had so so many like different opportunities where I can actually shadow doctors and like, you know, see see different operations, see what they're doing, even like the nasty part and like the nice parts and all of it. Like I've I've seen all of that, and I was like, oh my gosh, like that's so cool. I want to do that. Like I want to help people. Maybe not mental health itself. Um, but you know, like there's there's so much you can do in that field. So I was like, no, like I, I want to be able to do that. Hmm. Yeah. It's pretty uh, unique and insightful response. <laughs> Having two parents as a doctor as doctors, that's pretty insane. I mean, that's pretty cool. I, I mean, that in a good way, by the way, by insane. Like, yeah. Uh, like cool. and they they enjoy what they do, which also makes me feel like like if you speak to a lot of doctors, they're like. Oh no, it's horrible. I walk all day. Um, but no, they generally do enjoy the field they picked and you know, they enjoy what they do and they always talk about it. They come home from work and they're like they talk about their day and stuff and I just find that really cool and I'm like, Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, it's pretty dope to hear because you know, you hear some people who are in their thirties, forties, fifties and they're like, I wish I didn't choose this career path or I only chose this career path because that's what I was told to do or that's the only choice that I was able to make when I was, you know, deciding what I wanted to do X many years ago. But it's nice to have, like, I guess that's, there's no, there's no key to life, but I guess one of the things you want to accomplish is being able to do something you're passionate about and maybe make some cash from that. And 
yeah. <laughs> make some cash, yep. But yeah. no, like I generally think people should just, you know, you should just do what you're interested in. I know sometimes there are people that are like, but I don't know what I'm interested in, but you know, um, I think people do, you, you know, everyone figures it out eventually. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And you said that even when you were, you know, looking at the nasty parts when it came to being involved in, you know, the healthcare industry, what kind of, do you have any, like, particular experiences that made you think, like, oh, this is kind of, <laughs> this might rub me the wrong way a little bit? Like, I don't know. I, like, I guess nasty parts, I guess, maybe I mean, like, surgeries. Like, there are some okay. surgeries which are really, like, gruesome and you're like, ugh, you know? It's like, how how does the body work like that? Like, what is coming out of you? It's kind of gross. Um, there's that part. And also, I guess, you do... One of the first things they taught us was, you know, they gave us this whole lecture about how, how as a doctor no matter what age you are because in my cohort obviously there's people who are 18 like me and there's people with us that are 27 there's people that are like 40 you know people decide to do medicine at different ages and one of the first thing they taught us was like how to handle death and how you know how you should be aware that yeah people you know people do die stuff happens um so as a doctor you do need to be aware of that you know and i've had i have had sick relatives around me who were also in and out of hospitals and stuff and I've had to deal with you know their deaths as well so I I think that's that that part isn't isn't great you know but again like you know if you do actually end up helping someone and if you if you can make someone better there's also there's joy in that you know yeah for sure uh that's a pretty I mean that's a pretty you know morbid kind of topic but it's it's real it's real like you know it happens yeah it's real life yeah yeah it's not for everyone i mean not everyone enjoys it but yep it's life so i feel like that's something i couldn't really being like a surgeon or a doctor or like like a physical doctor i really i don't think i could do that to be honest it's just i think it just requires a lot of like coordination that i just don't have and then on top of that. <laughs> no, it's just I like it it's a tough um area. So you do generally need to be like one hundred percent into it. Like you need to be like, no, this is what I want to do and you're determined and you're like, you know, I'm gonna put my all into it. That's the only mm-hmm. way that it works and you can come out as whatever you wanna be. Like you don't need to people some people go into medical field and they don't even become doctors. I'm sure there's mm-hmm. a lot people can do. Um, but yeah. Spreading some wisdom to the people. Love to see it. <laughs> Love to see that. We have a lot of people on the... Because we don't have... Uh, I don't think so, but we don't have a medicine undergraduate degree. But we have a lot mm-hmm. of people on the pre-med track. So they're doing stuff oh, yeah. like neuroscience. And they're going to go to med school right after. Yeah, so we got a lot of people uh, out here doing stuff that's at least somewhat similar mm-hmm. to what you're doing. Uh, yeah cool. do you think like cause medicine that's a that's a hard degree mm-hmm. that's pretty it's notoriously pretty rigorous is there anything in particular that stands out as a challenge to you in your young medical career oh as a challenge um there are a lot of challenges um 
I don't really know. Apart from things I've named, like, I guess, death and things like that. Um, I don't know. I think you also need to, especially, I guess, in the UK or the NHS, you need to be very um, aware of how you treat people. You know what I mean? Which is also um, useful for life. But um, we've had a lot of classes and a lot of sessions where it's like, you know, you you need to make sure you're not racist. You need to make sure you can't you're not discriminating against everyone, or like you need to, you know, make sure everyone's treated fairly, whether you have disabilities or whether you're not. And there are patients that can come to you, and they might have you might have difficulty communicating with them, or you might have difficulty trying to explain how things work. You know, people might be completely against it, but you're like, you need to, you know, come to a conclusion and work as a team and everything just so you can, you know, try to help them get better. But yeah, there's all of that, like just dealing with people, I guess. Mm. I think that's the biggest difficulty itself. Yeah. That's that's definitely tough. And that's also a reason why it would be hard for, it would, it would be hard to be a doctor, I think, because you gotta be the one to, you're the bearer of bad news a lot of times, you know? Yeah. And you see like the emotional reaction from the family and, Exactly. All that, like, it's kind of tough. Kind of takes yeah. a affects you as well. Yeah, yeah, it must take some sort of toll on you as a person because it's tough yeah, you know, seeing yeah. all that. Mm-hmm. Uh, getting a little bit uh, sad and a bit, <laughs> you know, morbid on the podcast. I want to transition to something a bit lighter. I remember back in high school, I saw you really out there cooking and stuff, like. How did you, and you're pretty good, like, how did you get into all that? You know, like, what was your first cooking <laughs> how did experience? I get into cooking? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't really say I, like, I'm like, wow, at cooking. I do, I guess, maybe the quarantine period, because we were, we were very much like at home, nothing to do. My sister is always baking, always, you know? She only bakes, though. So I was like, well, I wanna, I don't know, I'd have nothing to do, I'm gonna cook. So yeah, I was trying out different things. And to be honest, I think it, it also started before that. Like, um, there was a period where I was, you know, focusing on myself and um, food became like a big thing, you know? So I was more aware of what I'm putting into my body and all of that. So um, I think that's that's where I was like, oh, I need to try new recipes, healthy alternatives, you know, search all that up on Pinterest and stuff like that. Mm. But yeah, it's fun. You've tried, haven't you? Like you've cooked a couple of things. Yeah, something light, something <laughs> light, you know, a little bit, a little bit of this and that. Uh, yeah. Nothing crazy though. Like I saw nothing like, nothing like what you were doing, like creating whole meals for people, like the, oh, all yeah. that. Yeah, like yeah. multiple course meals. Like I saw you doing that. I was not. Oh, you mean like my dinners? That. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Those are cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I was not, and and during quarantine, like. If anything, I was doing, I was not, I wasn't cooking during quarantine though. Like mm-hmm. during quarantine, I was not doing anything at all. I was just, except for the yearbook. Uh, yeah, yeah, outside you of that, that. Yeah, with uh, JD and Luffy. But outside of that, I was pretty much, once school was over, I was just chilling and playing FIFA. Mm-hmm. And since you brought up doing more cooking during quarantine, I wanted to ask, is there a certain kind of quarantine activity that you picked up that you're no longer doing now 
Quarantine activity. Um, I had a lot of free time. So remember, oh, remember on Snapchat when I used to give, <laughs> I watched like every single movie there is on Netflix and I used to pick the ones I like and I used to give like these reviews. I have no idea why I did that, but I literally had no, like I had nothing to do. So I was like, okay, every time I'm going to watch a movie, I'm going to tell everyone about it. And then, that was cool. That was cool. Yeah, some people, some people would actually watch it and respond to me, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. That's like nice to hear your thoughts on this, you know. Um, so that's something I no longer do because I don't really have time to watch all these movies. Um, but yeah, that's all I could think of. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, yeah, that was. I remember. I remember that. Uh, that was a different kind of time. Just I was like. <laughs> Because I don't know, when you look back at that period, that March to June 2020 period, doesn't it kind of access a certain part of your brain? Like when you see yeah, stuff that reminds like, you of that? Yeah, yeah, it's like a whole other thing. And, oh, I don't know. It's yeah. weird. Yeah, that's like, that's like a deep quarantine section of my brain. Like, that's just, I don't know how to describe it. There's a certain kind of... Because you know how you can feel vibes. Like, mm -hmm. there's a... Like, when you think about memories, like you have your five senses, but there's also, like, a, a certain yeah. feeling that you feel that yeah. you can't really put into words. Just... But you, you can only describe it through describing your other five senses, if that makes sense. Like, yeah, that's okay. how I... That's how I felt when I'm thinking about that period. Like, it's just waking up in the afternoon, looking at my ceiling... Uh, not knowing what I'm gonna do, just yeah, it, getting because it it's a whole. It was like a blur, you know. I mean, yeah. it it felt so slow, but looking at it now, it went by. I mean, it did go by quite quick. I just think it's because we have we literally didn't do anything, but mm. yeah, it's a weird period of time to think back on. Yeah, yeah, definitely made some memories out there, though. I mean, it, it's kind of crazy. Like sometimes I'm tripping out and I'm thinking. We're really in the middle of a pandemic. This is kind of crazy. It's like it is crazy. It's kind of like a, something you would see in a, a zombie apocalypse, you know, where oh, yeah. like some sort of dystop some sort of dystopian movie where like, there's a virus going around and people are trying to like, go. Yeah, like, there's, there's a lot of movies shit. about viruses and stuff. So it's like yeah. it's like whoa, this is actually happening. And speaking of movies, you talked about. You know your your little uh, film series that you were or fil film review series that you're running on Snapchat. Is there a particular movie that stood out to you? Particular movie. Um, <laughs> I watched so many. There was oh, what was it called? There was this one movie on. I remember it came out and everyone was talking about it. What was it called? Birds. Bird Box? Bird... Yeah, I mean, Bird, Bird Box. Yeah, yeah. I think it's Bird Box. Yeah. Um, I remember watching that and that was very... That was very... I mean, I don't remember the exact plot of the movie, but I think I watched it and I was like, oh my gosh, like, like it's kind of what was happening now. I'm not sure if I'm talking about the right movie, but I, yeah, Bird Box definitely did stand out to me. And there was also, there was another one which was quite sad. It's called Miracle in Cell Number 10, I believe. Um, I think it's Turkish, but it was 
um, you know, I read the subtitles in English and stuff. Um, mm. Quite sad. Um, but yeah, those two movies, I remember all. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not a big movie guy, but I watched Bird Box simply because of the hype, because everyone was talking about it. Yeah, think, how'd you find it? It was it was pretty good. Uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, it wasn't, like... I mean, it was a pretty good movie, mm. but I think... Because, you know, there's a lot of hype surrounding it. Yeah. I don't think it was, like... When I, cause when I, heard, I, heard, I heard about the hype before I watched the movie, and I thought it would be, like, this, like, once-in-a-generation-type movie... So maybe I went in with expectations that were a bit too high, but it was a pretty good movie, a good plot. Uh, I liked the character dynamics. I liked the what exactly? What exactly was the plot? It was there was some sort of thing that was going around. Yeah, and there was. I think remember it, something going around. Yeah, and then there was the actress playing it was Sandra Bullock. Yeah, and. Yeah. She was, I remember she was on a boat or something wearing like a blindfold and with her two kids and they're trying yeah. to, trying to go to like this island or camp thing with where people can be safe. <laughs> That's a jewel I remember. So yeah, I think there was something going around. Yeah, I think the mystery of the movie was you didn't know what that thing was, but it was deadly. <laughs> so they never yeah. described it. It was just some sort of thing that was going around, but you couldn't yeah. look at it and you couldn't look at the people who were infected by the thing, if I remember correctly. Right, right, right. Someone's probably yelling at the screen, like, telling us the synopsis of the story <laughs> of the movie. But uh, that's what I can remember from it. Yeah. yeah. Same. I don't remember much. Yeah. That was a movie. Different kind of time. And I wanted to ask you about, because you kind of touched on this already. You were born in Sudan. Uh, family mm -hmm. is Sudanese. Yes. Spent a lot of time in the in the UK, moved to Abu Dhabi. Uh, was there any kind of like cultural norm? Did you feel like you were always shifting between different cultures when you were living in those three kind of environments? Or? Um, yeah, I guess. In I mean, in the UK, there was this. It, it, what I like about like Sudan, let's say, it's because um well sadly the country isn't very let's say stable so people do people are scattered all around the world like every country you go to you can find a group of Sudanese people and what's nice is they always they find each other and they kind of form this friendship so wherever we were in the UK there was always this group of Sudanese people you know they like for like you know when you're celebrating Eid or Ramadan or something there was always these people that you know like they felt familiar, you know, same culture, same, you eat the same things, you, you know, talk about the same things, same kind of music my parents are into. So that always felt, that always felt good, because when I do go back home and see, like, my cousins and stuff, they used to make fun of me, they're like, oh my gosh, your Arabic is so bad, or oh my gosh, how do you not know this? Like, where are you coming from? Um, and I'd be like, well, you know, I'm like, all the way in England, there's, <laughs> it has nothing to do with Sudan, and I would only go visit for, like, I don't know, the longest I've been there was like two weeks, you know? We'd always go visit for a week and then just go back. So I guess in that sort of aspect, I, I was always like, oh yeah, I am missing out. Because when I do go, I'm like, no, I want to stay longer. Um, but obviously you have to go back. So I guess, yeah, there was, there's always that kind of part of me that's, I guess, missing. Um, that kind of experience they got to experience, for example. But yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't too bad and I, I do like 
you know, because I haven't moved around a lot, I've seen a lot of different things, experienced different things. So I feel like it's it's also built me as a person. So it's nothing bad. Yeah. Yeah, that, that last part you brought up about how it affects you as a person, that's something that's a common theme amongst people who have lived outside of the country they they're from or outside of the country their parents are from it's just it's just kind of you just kind of have this these unique kind of experiences and you get to meet people from all across the world which sounds cliche but if you're introducing more perspectives into your life then you're probably expanding your own worldview so i mean i can't complain about that i mean it sounds like a good thing Yeah, yeah no and i'm sure you relate as well like yeah yeah i i do relate um but the thing is most of my cousins most of my cousins who are around my age did not grow up in nigeria they probably grew up in north america so it's just uh it's kind of similar like you know the the scenario you brought up when you talked about uh you know your friends making or your cousins making fun of you for not being able to speak as much Arabic or speak it as fluently as they can. Uh, you know, I think our proficiency level of proficiency when it comes to our own uh, language of our heritage is more or less kind of similar because we right, kind of right. grew up in similar environments at least for the first nine years of my life. We grew up in a kind of similar environment environment to them, but mm-hmm. the you know internet the experiences living internationally are more different. I don't feel like I'm out of touch necessarily, but I just feel like, you know, we've seen some stuff that's a little different. I'm not trying yeah. to act like uh, I'm built <laughs> different, but it's just, you're exposed yeah, to different experiences. Yeah. 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 Definitely. So, I want to move on to the Oluswell Bowl. That's the part of the podcast where we ask you some questions, off-the-cuff questions, and they might be related to what we we're talking about, they might not be. Uh, just want to hear what you have to say. So, okay. what is what is the worst cooking experience you've had, and why? <laughs> the worst cooking experience. Like, do you have um, a dish that flopped, or like an accident in the kitchen, or something like that? Oh yeah, for sure. I think I oh, I don't remember what I was making exactly, but something. Oh, I forgot it. I was making something. I'm not sure what it was. Some sort of sauce or something i don't know i just remember there was a lot of liquid and i left it on the fire and i went to watch um i went to watch a show and i completely forgot that there was something cooking and when i came back yep when i came back it was like it was all the like the liquid had disappeared i don't know if it evaporated or something and it was it was like just bits stuck to the side and i was like oh my gosh like what the hell so i turned the fire off and i was because i wanted to wash the pot after so i was like okay i'm gonna pour water in it so you know it kind of dissolves and stuff and as soon as I did that it just went up in flames and I I there's actually still a mark I made a mark on our wall because you know the fire went up and I was I was so scared I was like oh my gosh I'm gonna burn the house down um so yeah definitely don't do that yeah thanks for the recommendation uh <laughs> happens happens to the best of us you know the best of us chefs those kind of accidents happen, so yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are your top three music genres as top of right now? Top three music genres? Yeah. Oh, I mean, 
I don't know anything. Oh, I guess. Um, I enjoy that. And what do they call it? Oh my gosh, it's such a hard question. Is it like indie music? I don't know, like just calm music. I I like that as well. I don't know if it's actually called indie, but it's just like yeah, indie's a genre. Calm. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like just calming music. Um, yeah, I think that's that's it. I don't I don't really like rock and all of that. No. Is there <laughs> are there certain pop artists you listen to? Um, certain pop artists. Yeah, like I like, um, I don't know if you know him, uh, his role model, I like that, I I'm listening to him, um, I also like, oh, Justin Bieber made a new album, I know everyone hates Justin Bieber, but to be honest, I liked his new album, I like, there's someone called Kiana, Kiana Lead, um, I like her music, mm. Mm, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> the thing about, you think you bring about... It's the, when you mentioned Justin Bieber, like that kind of reminded me of uh, an old memory because I remember back in 2010 or 2009, 2010, when he was bursting on the scene, I think he was probably around like 15 or 16 at that time. He, it was, it was kind of cool to dislike Justin Bieber for whatever reason. Yeah, I and never was, knew why. I, I never understood it. I never indulged in that because I never really... I understood like what was going on with all that. I think it might have been some jealousy on like people's ends because yeah, perhaps. You know, I think he, he also the... talks about that. He does. He, I think he's had a couple interviews or something where he mentions how people people don't know him, but they're just you know judging him or like you know all all that that things like you mentioned. So yeah. I actually went to his concert. He came, he came to oh, Dubai. Um, when was this? When I was in year twenty sixteen, I think. And I was like, oh my gosh, I have to go see Casablanca. I'm not like a huge fan, but I do I do enjoy his music. I know as a person, he might not be the greatest person out there, um, but I do enjoy his music. So I took my friend and we went, and it was actually a, yeah, I had a very nice time. Yeah, a fangirl moment, huh? Justin Bieber, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> no, 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 not a fangirl. But I, I was just like, oh, like his music, you know? I want to yeah. see him perform live. Yeah. Um, yeah, JB. I mean, I don't... See, I don't listen to a lot of JB, to be honest. I just hear his... He's such a, but he's, a he's such a huge artist that it's inevitable that I'm going to hear his songs in some way, shape, or form. Like, because he's just... <laughs> His music is just very pervasive in the sense that, you know, it's going to be on Spotify. It's going to be playing in an elevator. It's going to be playing in a room yeah, somewhere. It's, it's, it's everywhere. Yeah. I feel like if people, um, I mean, I know people can hate on artists, but it's sort of like once you listen to them or if the song is popular, you sort of just kind of give into it or you just end up liking it. I feel like this is, for example, an artist like The Weeknd, right? I know a lot of people might not like his music, but yeah wait you went to the concert as well i think you were there anyway yeah, i was yeah uh, yeah you were i remember because you were like in front of me um uh what was i oh, saying yeah like an artist like him a lot i know there are a lot of people that don't sort of enjoy that kind of music but he like his music is playing everywhere like everywhere i go i like you you always hear it you know and people people do know the song a lot of the time people know the song and like 
they're singing along like i don't know blinding lights right now is that's playing everywhere and people people you know interact with it and sing along but then when you come to ask like oh who's singing this half the time they don't know and i'm like oh it's the weekend and they're like oh really you know i don't know that's happened to me but i'm like it's it's interesting you know yeah i get you yeah because the song is just kind of playing in the background of your mind but you don't necessarily know who the artist is who created that yeah. that bop yeah. yeah the weekend i mean i think i was talking about this i was having like a fanboy moment on the i think it was episode it was episode with jackson so i think that's episode three and we we're talking about the weekend one of my favorite artists uh <laughs> yeah he's amazing yeah he's yeah. yeah one of the most one of the greatest talents of our generation i'd say oh yeah for sure yeah yeah but JB 2010, I remember like he had that Justin Bieber cut, and like I remember girls in like second grade, third grade were like fawning over that. No, and, uh, <laughs> no, I didn't. I didn't get to that point, but yeah. I just enjoyed his music. That's all. And he has like, to be honest, even some of his old stuff are some. He he has. He's a good. He's a really good artist. Like he has. He's pretty talented. Like he has some, some bangers. Uh, but people just like. I think that song was that really famous Justin Bieber song when he when he was like sixteen or fifteen. Was it Baby? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think everyone. Oh my gosh, any party you go to, any anything you go to, everyone's always playing that song. Yeah, it's a uh, that's definitely one of the biggest hits of the twenty tens or two thousands. Whenever it came out, I think it was right yeah. on the cusp of like the decade change around that time. Yeah, like, yeah. 09, maybe two thousand and nine. Something like that. But I think it's one of the most disliked YouTube videos in history. Something oh, yeah. crazy like I, that. I've heard that. I think it, it has one of the... It has a lot of views, but again, like, a lot of dislikes. I'm just thinking, like, why? Just because... Is it because it's cool to hate on him and you're just going to dislike the video? I mean, that's just... He's just a... Like, what were you doing at 16 or 15? Like, were you making hits like that? You can't hate on someone's success, yeah, you know. Exactly, that's yeah. I, I don't, don't understand. I don't know why. Maybe just because he's young, people, you know, he's young and he got popular very fast. People mm-hmm. kind of just, I don't know. And also he did open up about, like, how he's struggling, you know, with being famous and everything. So and people, I think that mm-hmm. that's the part where people didn't understand. They're like, oh, oh, you sort of asked for this, so what, why are you complaining now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but he gets to, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of unfair. Uh, I see this with athletes, both celebrities and athletes, uh, just people in the public eye. I mean, you know, they experience some sort of mental, they experience a period where they have worsened mental health, and people are like, dude, you asked for this. (laughs) You're a celebrity. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, I mean, they're still human, you know what I mean? Yeah, They still have their own. Yeah, they're not struggling financially at all, but they still have their own personal struggles. As the wise man once said, more money, more problems. <laughs> That's true, so, yep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I think that wraps the end of the episode. Uh, thank you so much for coming on the pod, Shahad. Uh, it means thank a lot. Thank you for having me. No problem. I enjoyed uh, Yeah, I enjoyed it as well. A great episode. Um, Swole is available on Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And if you're watching this on YouTube, our socials are linked in the description. Peace. Bye.